Am I on? Sorry. Good morning. How you doing? Everybody good? This is a big week, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited that you are. And uh, we're going to, this is my wife, by the way, if you didn't know who this beautiful woman was sitting next to me, this is my wife. And thank you, honey, for being willing to uh, come up here and and to share uh, with us today, too. And if you don't know why this is a big weekend, I'm going to explain it here in just a second before I do. I just want to express on behalf of our family how grateful we are for the way that uh, our family has been supported during a very, very difficult season in our lives. And we're just really, really grateful for um, for you guys, for our church that has just walked with us through a really, really tough time, for our board at the church that helped create space for us to uh, just take care of the things that we needed to, circle the wagon, so to speak, and help when our son was so sick. And our staff, you guys, we have just the best staff ever. Can you thank them right now for everything that they do? It's, uh, they're amazing, and uh, we're, just, we're just really, really grateful. And before I get into the story to catch someone up that might be here today that has no idea what we're talking about, I also want to say this, and we acknowledge this as a family, and it's important for me to say this, because there's many people that are here today, and perhaps those that are watching online too, that, that we know have gone through very, very difficult times too. We're not the only ones that have had to walk through tough times, and they look different for everybody. We're going to share with you our story today, and our hope is that in sharing this story, there will be some nuggets of truth that we can take away, some lessons that we've learned, and some things that might be helpful in this thing we call the journey of life. Before we get started, can we pray real quick? <clears throat> Father, I thank you, because we didn't know whether or not this day would ever come, and I'm grateful you're a good God. And today we give you praise. I ask as well, Father, that you will be with everyone that is either watching online or here today that's walking through a tough time. Lord, we don't know what the future holds. We, we realize part of life is challenge. And so I pray today that you will use some of the things that we're going to share to just be helpful. Lord, we know that you're an incredible God and today... What we want more than anything is for your name to be praised. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, as uh, many of you know, this has been 2018 was a crazy year for the Millers. It was a year ago Friday that, um, that we took our son to the hospital uh, because uh, he wasn't feeling well. He woke up that day just unresponsive. And uh, Beth and Zach, our other son, uh, carried him to the car, took him to the hospital. And when we got him there, um, he, he had had a sinus infection and he was on antibiotics and, you know, everything just thought was just the healing process was happening. But that it wasn't as we thought. Um, he was struggling with some headaches and stuff. And when he woke up, it was just he was in a bad sp- spot. He couldn't couldn't really move. He, could, he had no use of the right side of his body and he couldn't talk. So uh, Beth got him to the hospital. I was already at work, thinking that he was just dehydrated. And uh, over the course of his examination and the stuff that was uh, happening there, um, they determined that Josh was in really serious condition. He was transferred from the emergency room to the ICU. And by the time Beth and I walked uh, from the emergency room to the ICU at Sky Ridge, um, we were told that Josh needed emergency surgery. And um, in the process of all that he went through, he had a stroke. And like I said, it took out the right side of his body and his ability to talk. And um, it, was, it was an incredibly difficult year, to say the very, very least. Uh, Josh has had um, three major brain surgeries and four other surgeries. Um, he lived 112 days without a skull. 
He was in ICU for over 20 days, and he spent 103 days in a hospital room last year. He was transferred to Craig Hospital and was there for 69 days, where he began a very intensive inpatient um, uh, just rehab. And we're so grateful for all of the nursing staff and the doctors that have helped work on our on our son and all the physical therapists and therapists in general. It's been an, an amazing ride. And I just want to say something that would go probably without saying, but it can't. And that is, as a dad, this was the most difficult thing that I've ever had to walk through. Um, to watch your own kid be hanging by a thread and to see how this uh, infection and stroke ravaged his body uh, was beyond intense. It was really, really hard. And uh, Beth and I want to take just a moment and share just a little bit about those early uh, days and, and when Josh was first in the hospital. And I've asked Beth just to kind of share her story because it's really important. And I want you guys to hear from, from Beth too. That this is huge. And, and I want to say this before she says anything. Um, like this, you don't want to go through this stuff <clears throat> without the support together that, that is needed to be able to endure and to walk through. And there were a lot of days where I was weak and she was strong and there were days where Beth was weak and I was able to somehow get some strength to um, pull through this situation. And it is really, really difficult. And I'm so grateful, baby. I want you to know how proud I am of you as just a, a woman of God and as a, as a, <clears throat> as a wife and as a mom, you're incredible. And so um, I want to ask you, Thank you for being willing. She doesn't love this. So thank you for being, I love this, but <clears throat> thank you, uh, babe, for being willing to share a little bit. Can you just share a little bit about what you went through those first few days when Josh was in such critical condition? Yes, but first I just want to say I wouldn't have made it without you. So I love you. Um, so like Doug said, I mean, I, we knew Josh had a sinus infection and he was on antibiotics. And I went to check on him one morning. He was dog sitting at someone else's house and um, he had called me the night before saying he didn't feel good and he had been throwing up and his head was hurting him. So I decided to make a doctor's appointment for him that next day. So at 8.30 in the morning I get to this house where he is with our son Zach and um, he didn't look good and I called our doctor and, he, and I told him I think he's dehydrated. He just doesn't look good and he said, well don't, don't bring him here, you need to take him to the hospital. So I tried waking him up, and I said, Josh, come on, we got to go. We got to get you to the doctor. And he tried to get up off this couch, and he fell. And that's when panic kind of started to hit me. And I grabbed Zach, and we were, I was like, we got to get him in the car. So Zach and I literally had to carry him to the car, and then I drove to Sky Ridge. Um, at Sky Ridge... I mean, I knew it wasn't great, but I had no idea how bad it was. And at one point, they finally took Doug and I from the emergency room, and they walked us over to ICU. We thought he was just going to get an MRI so they could figure out what was going on. And the minute those um, ICU doors opened, there was a neurosurgeon standing right there in his scrubs, and he looked at us, and he said, Doug and Beth, I need to do emergency surgery on your son and at that point, I just started to wail. I just started 
crying so hard because at that point I realized that I could lose my son. Like I, my whole world started spinning out of control <laughs> and I just was wailing and Doug was like, Beth, get back here. You know, we have to deal with this. So we get back in front of him and, and the neurosurgeon looked at us and he said, I don't have time for paperwork. I need a verbal consent from you and from you. Do you agree that I'm going to go in and remove part of your son's skull to relieve the pressure in his brain? And Doug and I are like, yes, yes. And he looked at the nurse and he said, you just verified that they consented. And then he looked right at Doug and I and he goes, I don't know if you believe in prayer. <laughs> he didn't know. Obviously, he didn't know us, but he said, I don't know if you believe in prayer, but if you do, I would say a prayer for your son right now. And then he said, you can quickly go tell him you love him. So Doug and I get in this room and Josh is surrounded, I don't know, eight or 10 people and trying to get him ready for surgery and shaving his head. And we worked our way up by his, by his head. And at that point, we just were like, we love you. You're gonna be okay, baby. God's got you. Jesus is with you. And then they took us out and they took Josh to surgery. And they brought us into this private room. So um, Doug's mom was there, Emily and Quinn, Megan and Zach had gotten there and, and all the staff were starting to show up and we were in this private room. And the chaplain from the hospital, she came in, she was amazing and we would all stand up and pray together and then we'd sit back down. Well, I had actually thrown my Bible in my purse that morning because I hadn't had any quiet time and I thought, oh, while Josh is at the doctor, I'll just read. So thank God I, I had my Bible and I pulled it out and my marker was in Jeremiah and I was looking through Jeremiah and Jeremiah 14, it says, God is so good. It says, Lord, if you heal me, I will truly be healed. And if you save me, I will truly be saved for you are the one I praise. And I just kept reading it over and over and over, and I just felt like my world was spinning. And then all of a sudden, God spoke to me. He said, do you trust me? And all of a sudden, I, it caught me off guard, and my whole world stopped. It just stopped spinning, and I finally looked up, and he said it again. He said, do you trust me? And then I started bawling again, and I just said, yes, God. I trust you. I know who you are. And you are perfect in all your ways. And you, you're good. And you can't be anything that you're not. So yes, I trust you. And then I started, I just said, God, even if you take him from me today, or you let me keep him, I trust you. I had overwhelming peace at that point in scripture where it talks about having a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's what happened at that moment for me. And then God started showing me, Beth, don't you see? This wasn't a surprise for me. I knew what was coming. I made sure that Zach was at that house with you and able to get Josh in the car. He said, I orchestrated when you got to the hospital and which hospital you went to. 
do you trust me? He said, I had that ICU nurse walk into the ER and lift Josh's eyelids right when she needed to. I had an amazing surgeon right there waiting to take care of Josh. Do you trust me? So powerful and overwhelming. And then he started showing me things. He started to show me that he was preparing me ahead of time for this. This blows my mind, but this is so like our God, right? He, I had been praying, Doug and I both, our kids, for our kids, you know, every morning, but Josh was going through some struggles and some hard times. And so I would get on my knees and I would cry out to God and I would tell him, you know, what he should do for Josh. Like, I don't know if any other parents do that, but I was telling him for quite a long time what I think he should do. And one morning he just spoke to me and he said, now what? Now what, Beth? He asks me questions, and I know the answers, but I I knew what he was asking me. I had to say, okay, God, not my will be done, but thy will be done for Josh. And I'm not kidding you, every morning I would cry out to God and tell him what I was thinking, and then he'd say, now what? Now what, Beth? And I'd say, not my will, but thy will be done. So when he spoke to me in that emergency room and said, do you trust me? I was like, yes, God, I trust you. I've been giving him to you every day. I trust you. And I just, I just want you to hear my heart, though. God, God did not do this to Josh. Our enemy did this to Josh. Our enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy all of our lives. He wanted to take Josh out of the game. He wanted to ruin our marriage, our family, this church, but God, right? But God. God works everything together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So the peace that I experienced in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of craziness, can only be explained by our God. He is trustworthy. He is so trustworthy, and he is faithful. I think what Beth said there is important. We know we live in a fallen world, don't we? <clears throat> and it's hard to get your arms around it when you're, you're going through it. But part of the, this fallen world is sickness, right? It's brokenness. This is a broken place. And, and um, there's nothing like seeing your child go through something like this. There's nothing like being told we'll do our best to try and save your, your son's life. And, and to see, you know, it's just surreal to see your to see your child being wheeled back. And many of you have seen this before too, on a, on a bed heading towards surgery and hoping that somehow this, this would work out. Beth became so solid after that, um, that moment she had with the Lord there in that room. And she just, it was like all of a sudden she just gathered herself and was able to stand strong on in whatever slow spin I had that wasn't allowing me to fall apart happened right after that and pretty much lasted the rest of last year. <laughs> so... Um, it's, it's really been, uh, really been tough and it's, it's been crazy to watch this. And I want to say something to you today, and this is just Doug's heart, uh, sharing something with you. Uh, and it's easy to take these things for granted. And I want to make sure that you don't, we've, we've been walking through this series together where we've been just looking at what, um, what it looks like to begin with the end in mind. And we have no idea, do we, what tomorrow holds, Uh, but I can promise you this, you do not want to be trying to work on your marriage and 
trying to get stuff right in the middle of crisis. It's the wrong time for that. I mean, every time is a good time to work on your marriage, but it's the wrong time for that if you know what I'm saying. You want to be prepared, and you want to... I mean, Beth and I were two ships passing at night for almost a year, and um, our relationship looked very different because there were so much extra responsibilities trying to help out with Josh, and it was just really, really hard. And I'm grateful that heading into this, we had a relationship like we did because that was a big part of what sustained us through this difficult time too. Uh, so it, there would really be no way to, to describe all of the emotion that goes with those early days and what's going on. And it, to me, it just seemed like Beth's life was spinning fast. Mine was in slow motion. And it was almost like you couldn't even hardly allow yourself to feel anything because it was so intense. Um, and so the, those early days were tough. And, and again, I, we were just at the hospital this this weekend uh, on Friday on the anniversary of all this because we wanted to drop some gifts off for the ICU staff and some things off for the ER and for our neurosurgeon's office and those kind of things. And we walked by again the, um, the intensive care waiting room where at one point there was like a hundred of you. <laughs> like, and and uh, just all those memories come back again. You know, it's just you start to feel all of those uh, thoughts again and you, you, you look in there and you see the other families that are in there now and you're like, we kind of know what you're going through. And it's, it's just very, very intense. We want to share uh, not just the story from our perspective too. And I got to tell you, this is emotional for me because like we didn't know that this would happen, right? Um, there, was, there was many days where we didn't know if Josh would walk again. We didn't know if Josh was going to be able to talk again. And so I need your guys' help today because it's a big deal. <clears throat> Will you help me please welcome Josh as he comes up to the platform? So I've got to tell you, at one point <clears throat> when we went uh, back for a checkup uh, with Josh's neurosurgeon, and uh, this is, you know, a couple of months into this, and Josh walked into his office and was able to answer questions and move his body the way he was asking him to. Um, the neurosurgeon, he, he kind of like looked at Josh and he said, I, I just got to tell you guys something. I was pretty sure that Josh was going to be able to talk again. But I didn't know if he would walk again. And when you hear stuff like that, you realize how serious things, things are and were. And um, when, when the doctor left, this will tell you a lot about Josh. When the doctor left and, and it was just us in the office again, Josh smiled. And he said, oh, I knew I would walk again. I didn't know if I would talk again. <laughs> but I knew I would walk again. <laughs> and... Uh, Josh, we're so grateful that we have this opportunity together to talk about this, and it's been quite a ride, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. This has been a crazy year, and um, I'm really, really proud of you, son, for um, how hard you've worked and <clears throat> the opportunity that we've had as a family to walk through a really hard time leaning on each other, and uh, to see the way that you've done this has been so inspirational, um, and it's a challenge to me. I've learned so much watching you walk through this, and... Uh, so I'm grateful that today's here and that we can do this together. Will you um, just let everybody know real quick how you're doing right now? Yeah. 
Um, first of all, I would just like to say thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been a part of this journey. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. Um, as well as some of my doctors, my nurses, um, my therapists, thank you to them, as well as the Lord. You know, he, he's the one that, that held it all together, and I really appreciate his help with that. Um, and then to just answer how I'm doing, well, uh, I can walk and I can talk, so <laughs> exactly. Um, and I still have a long ways to go, uh, but I'll just keep fighting and pushing through. You know, it's amazing, and, and it would be hard to give you context for how far Josh has come, but I remember one of the days when, when, um, when I was with Josh, and I'm not sure, I think maybe, Beth, you were with him too. We were in a speech class early on, and Josh has always been super verbal. Like, he's just never stopped talking, you know? And uh, so obviously this, this took a pretty big toll on him personally, not being able to communicate, and, and to see the frustration in that was was hard for us as parents, as hard as a dad to see these things happen. And so there was one point where he was with, and this is early at Craig, with his speech uh, therapist, and she had these objects on the table, and Josh was supposed to pick them up and, and let her know what these things were. Like, this doesn't seem like a hard a hard practice to do, you know, or exercise. And he, I remember sitting behind Josh, and he picked up a hammer, and he stood there, and he just stared at it. And I would say a good 40 seconds passed and then he put the hammer down and he looked at her and he said, I know it here. I just can't get it here. And he can only, and then now I'm sitting here watching him talk. <laughs> That's a big deal, guys. God is good. And you've worked so hard, son. So hard. It's great to be able to see how much project, uh, progress you're, you're, um, you're making. Can you just share with us a little bit about what it was like to wake up and realize the condition that you were in and wake up and kind of understand all that had happened. So, um, spent Sky Ridge, the whole Sky Ridge time. Um, I don't really remember any of that. Have some good stories and, you know, uh, just some, yeah, exactly, stories that people would a was able to, to share uh, to me. But... Really, when I came to and realized where I was at, was at Craig, about a week into it. And that's when just the mentality, just the switch just flipped. It was crazy. So I don't know if you've ever been to Craig or not or a rehab hospital like that, but you can imagine kind of sorting life out and getting alert enough to realize that you're in this facility with all of these other people that are really struggling too and they've been through very very horrific situations and circumstances and you wake up and your eyes are alert to the needs that you see around you and then you realize that you're in the same spot and you're trying to rebuild your life too. Josh what was that like when you kind of came to at Craig and began to see all of the things that were happening around you and knowing that you were in the same spot? Um, it was very eye-opening. Um, you know I was uh at a spot where I was just like, how do I get through this? And then as I started walking, well, actually, I was probably wheeling the, the wheelchair around, uh, I just started to notice that a lot of other people are a lot worse than I am. And uh, so I just would walk around the house, or walk around the hospital, um, just with the mentality of, you know, I have to get through this. I have to walk out of this hospital. 
So that was my mentality. So one of the things that's part of uh, Josh's life in, in ours too in many ways is that Josh is always, um, this is off topic, so hang on with me for a second. But Josh is a tattoo guy, right? He's got some really sweet tattoos on his left arm and they're very meaningful and they're really cool. And so I don't know why I said this, but when we first checked into the hospital, um, Beth and I told Josh that if he walked out, we would get tattoos. <laughs> and so I'm not sure if that's not part of the reason he was so motivated. <laughs> so now we're dragging our heels a little bit because he did walk out of that hospital and we'll, we'll make, we'll make true to our promise. I guarantee it. So there, you know, the story now <laughs> when that happens, right? Um, Josh, but a day of therapy at Craig looked different, especially in the beginning and then compared to the beginning to the end. Can you talk just so, just so everybody knows what we were going through as a family and what that looked like for you to do your uh, therapies every day at Craig? Yeah. So it would start uh, at the beginning at 8 a.m. Um, and I'd have a couple of little sessions of rehab throughout the day. Um, but I would only be able to go for about 30 minutes and then I would have to go and rest, take a nap, um, recharge, and then, you know, go back at it again. Um, you know, a couple weeks went by and it started to add up and the therapies got longer. Um, and then eventually it got to the point where I was able to go a full day, uh, 8 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. with only one break and that was for lunch. Um, so it's pretty crazy. It's hard to also describe an eight-hour day of therapy as intense for his mom and dad, right? And uh, and uh, oftentimes, Josh, just tell us what what the whole thing was like at the end of the day. Where was your mom? What what, what did she look like at the end of the day? <laughs> we all were were dead, <laughs> um, exhausted. Uh, you know, I would uh, get done with my therapies and I would go and take a nap. Um, then my parents would try and wake me up around the time it was time for dinner, and uh, I'd tell them, no, I need, to, I need a little bit more sleep. And so that then caused my parents to uh, go and buy me uh, some, or use gift cards to uh, go and get me some food instead of having to eat at the cafeteria. So That's pretty slick, huh? I <laughs> conveniently yeah. slept through cafeteria hours, you know? So thanks, you guys, for the gift cards. They proved very helpful, for sure. I remember many times uh, coming to the hospital, like on a shift kind of thing, where Beth was going to go and back home or whatever, and they had been a full day, and you walk in the room, and, like, the drapes are pulled, and it's real dark, and they're both snoring, you know? <laughs> and, and then on other days, it would be the same when Beth would show up. It's just very demanding. Um, but Josh, you had a focus that kind of became all of our focus, a motto, so to speak. And we've talked about it a little bit, but this, you really, even in the beginning at Craig, when you couldn't speak well, this became part of what we just all embraced and what you talked about often. And I think it's important today for us to talk about that, for how that impacted us and how that impacted you. But what was that motto? Um, my motto was one day at a time. Um, you know, I can't go and look at the past. You know, you get... Make, you know, there's different emotions that come with that um, as far as, you know, then I'll have to go and see how much harder I have to work to get back to where I was at before. So I, I didn't, I would just live in the moment. You know, you can't even look forward because you get overwhelmed. Um, there's a lot. And so I just tried my best to just live in the moment one day at a time, one therapy at a time, and just work as hard as I can at that one class 
and then I will uh, go on to the next one. So while we were walking through this, um, and maybe you've had this happen too, where it's almost it's it's a gift from God, where there's maybe a, an encouraging verse, there's something that just keeps kind of popping up that keeps emerging in this journey that we were on. There's this verse, Joshua chapter one, verse nine, appropriate that the, it's the book named after Josh that just kept almost in an uncanny way. It just continued to show up, and whether it was in a note someone wrote, um, we have journals that have the verse on the front of it, uh, things that Josh had hanging on the wall with that verse on it. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 just became this verse that just kept coming to us. And um, I want to read it to you today because it really helps you, uh, you and us understand that this idea of one day at a time is not just a, a good Josh idea. This is a God idea. And we just leaned into it hard with this verse. And, and many of you have heard it before. It says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You might want to write that one now because that is a solid verse. And let me explain to you how that played out. Once Josh kind of became more aware of what was going on, of course, we were like, hey, we got some pictures of how bad things were when you were at uh, the intensive care over at Sky Ridge. Do you want to see them? And he was like, nope. I'm like, okay, all right. Trust us, it was pretty bad. He's like, yeah, I know. And then we check in to Craig and about a week into our stay there, the entire team at Craig Hospital, they're incredible the way they do their care for the patients. The, and it's the doctors and the nurses and it's the therapists and it's the psychologists and it's everybody all together would have a meeting with the family to help us know just kind of how this is going to play out and how long they were, you know, kind of thinking that Josh was going to need to be able to stay at, at rehab. And so we were getting ready to go and Josh was like, you know what, I'm not going to the meeting. We we're like, what? He's like, I don't need to know how long I'm going to be here. I just need to do today. If I can do this therapy right now, I know that's the only shot I got of walking out of this place. And, and what he taught us and what we saw is really in many ways the fulfillment of this verse that we're looking at. Because what happens, guys, when we look back? What happens? Do you get discouraged sometimes? You have fears. What about when you look too far forward? What happens? Don't we allow fear and discouragement to overwhelm us? God's promise is he's going to be with us. He's going to be there with us tomorrow. So let's not, uh, let's not somehow let today get by without giving ourselves fully vesting today into what we have today. And this was such an important thing for all of us to be able to see and to, to, to experience firsthand Josh's tenacity as it relates to this. And it became something that was part of our lives, not just Josh's. Beth, how did this live out a little bit? I mean, you yes, saw it in all of us. How did it work? It's the same. I mean, when I couldn't look back. If I looked back, I would start saying, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I take him sooner? Why didn't I, you know, and it, I would fall apart. And I couldn't look forward too far forward because it was overwhelming. Everyone kept telling us, this isn't a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, and I couldn't look forward. I had to live in the moment. And, and what I found was I was so strong in the moment with God. I had strength and crazy. I even had joy in that moment with him. So we had to live that way. That was the only way we could live. You know, we work, we work hard as parents, don't we, to try and raise our kids to be ready for whatever they have to face, right? Like we do, you have no idea what they're going to have to face. And when, when you get into a situation like this one, Josh, I know that um, this motto becomes real to you, not just, you know, as you were inpatient going through therapies, but still today. What, how does that play out for you right now? 
Um, you know, I just, I still have a ways to go. Um, you know, might even have to deal with this the rest of my life, but, you know, I'm, I'm accepting the challenge. Um, I just need to uh, keep focusing on him, focusing on the tasks I have in front of me, and doing it one day, one day at a time, uh, and letting the Lord just trust, or letting me trust the Lord um, that, you know, he will show me my future and show me what I need to do. And so, yeah, for sure. So one of the things for me as a dad that as we've watched Josh walk through this and you, and you know, when, it's, when you go through hard times, this is hard to do, but he has maintained such positivity throughout this entire experience, even so much so that you're like waiting for the bad day to hit. Do you know what I'm saying? And so as a dad, you're like, is that gonna happen? And he's had his moments for sure. But I would say there's only been a couple of days that I would describe as bad days in the last year, which is unbelievable. And I wrote this in a Caring Breach post uh, last week. If the roles were reversed, I promise you, you wouldn't be saying that about me, right? Like his tenacity and just maintaining a positive outlook uh, has been incredible. And Josh, I just need you to know from your daddy's heart, this is, this is I mean, I've never been more proud of you. And to, to see this not just be something you say, but something that you live on a day-to-day basis impacted me deeply to be able to see the way that you continued to push yourself to maintain positivity throughout this um, whole circumstance that you were walking through is a lesson I will never forget. It's been incredible to watch you walk through that. And I know that that wasn't easy, right? That wasn't easy. So can, can you just share, because we saw it, I think it's important. Can you just talk a little bit about how, how you were able to maintain such a positive outlook throughout this journey the last year? Um, I would say I would try and not really look at my situation, um, but to look at the other ones that were patients as well and their family members. Um, you know, just getting my eyes off of mine and looking to be a blessing to anyone else that was in, uh, in the hospital at the time. And uh, we still do that. Um, just go and encourage them, you know, uh, be a blessing. And, uh, you know, just if you can't even talk, you know, at times, which is what happened to me, little fist bumps. I'd give fist bumps throughout the whole entire ways of the hospital. Um, just trying to give a little bit of extra encouragement. Uh, you never know how much that would mean to someone else. So, so you can imagine two patients, bodies are ravaged, their minds aren't still working great, they can hardly move, and they're being wheeled past each other, and they're like celebrating their win together and fist bumping and trying to say some word of encouragement to each other. And then as parents, we're like, maybe we should be doing this too, right? Like, we need to get our eyes off of this situation and try our best to, to be able to be an encouraged because the parents all together are going through hard things too. And so your lives just become intertwined with this craziness of life life that we're all walking through together. And it's amazing that sometimes the ones that are fighting it the most are the ones that are teaching us how to walk through these tough times that we're going through, which is just amazing. Um, there was something else that um, in the process, and I don't really recall how it happened, babe, but we just, we just knew there was something that we needed to do every day. Yeah. And it was going to help us and help. We thought it would just be helping Josh, but it ended up helping us and everybody else that was part of it. Can you just describe that a little bit? What was it that we knew we had to do? Yeah, so every day was such a grind, and um, we quickly realized how important it was to look back over our day 
and um, talk about our wins. Whatever the wins were for that day, we needed to talk about them and give God glory for them. So every night before Josh would go to bed, we would sit around and we would talk about the wins for the day and thank God. And then we'd pray together and um, we would pray for the doctors and the nurses and all the other patients that we had met and their families. And it was just a powerful time the way we ended our night, I think every night. And so the magic and all of that, which at first we just thought, man, this is going to be great. We'll keep Josh positive, right? But then what happened was it just became um, like this thing that we were preparing for all day long. And so we just started looking for things that were positive, like, you know, the chicken tasted okay in the cafeteria today. Sometimes that was all we could come up with, you know, because it was so hard. But when you, when you just live trying to pay attention and seeing what's going on around you that you can describe as a, something that was positive for the day, even when your day is brutal, it, it changed us to be focusing on that. And, to, and then it also forced us, because we knew we were going to be praying for the other patients and the doctors and the staff that was there and the other parents. And, and so we really forced ourselves to have to get to know them, get to know their stories, get to know their names so that we could pray with them. And what it did, and, and this was genius, and I didn't even know it would be this genius, was it just caused our eyes to be off our stuff for just a little bit. Because don't you know when you get just so focused on that, and I'm not saying we got this perfect, because there were so many days you're overwhelmed and your heart is so heavy, but we really held each other accountable to making sure that we were focusing on the wins for the day. Let's find some reason to celebrate something today, and then who are we going to pray for? What part of this journey of, in someone else's life do we want to be praying for them? Because there were so many people going through the same stuff, if not even sometimes more difficult than what we were going through. So it was, it was something that really impacted us. And I, wanna, I want you to write this verse down too, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. And, and listen to what it says. This is so powerful. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Have you ever had anxiety weigh you down? But look what this proverb says. If we can find a good word in there somewhere, that it can change our, and it can make our heart glad. And so I want to challenge you. Maybe there's someone here today that's going through a tough time. This would be a great thing for you to do. Find the win for the day. Find a way like Josh did to be encouraging to other people around you and watch what happens because that good word is gonna trump your anxiety and it's gonna help you to find some reasons to be glad in the middle of the storm. So as we're kind of uh, coming to a close here today, would you guys just share briefly, uh, both of you, just some of the things that, that you've learned spiritually, something that you've learned as you've walked through this situation? Um, well, I feel like my faith grew tremendously. I mean, God showed up. He is so faithful. He is so real and he is trustworthy. And so my faith grew a lot. And then I think what God was teaching me the most was obviously to trust in him, but then to learn to live with him in the moment. I think too often I would live my life thinking about the future and anxiety would come in or I would, I just, I wasn't living in the moment with him. So that was probably the biggest challenge, but one of the greatest gifts that I feel like God's been growing me in spiritually. Josh, how about you, buddy? <clears throat> uh, you know, I would say that before my uh, accident happened, um, I was, you know, chasing after, you know, the title of being successful or, you know, whatever that meant. Um, but once I woke up in the hospital and realized what all was going on, my mentality, my, my life changed. Um, it turned into not caring about that, but instead just chasing after the Lord. 
um, I feel like I have a great story to tell. And so with that, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna impact as many lives as I can and change as many lives as I can for the Lord and only Him. So. You know, yeah, absolutely. So I would say uh, for myself too, as we just have been, we've talked about this a lot as a family and just what does that look like and what are some of the lessons we've learned. And I would just say that as, as I uh, began this new year, I'm a journaler, you guys know that, and I was getting ready to write um, my first journal entry of the year. And, and I'm a, like Josh, I guess, a, a, just particularly positive. I don't like to focus on the negative either. That's typically the way I, I work. But I, I put my pen to the page on the first day of this year and, it, and there was a hesitancy that I've never experienced before. And the hesitancy just came from this whole experience that we've walked through and this whole idea that, man, it's so real to me that I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I have no idea. Now, I can either allow myself to be really overwhelmed by that or paralyzed by that, or as we look back on this last year as difficult, and listen, I need you to hear me say, I said this in February, this sucked. That's very spiritual for me to say that. And again, if you don't like it, you can send Gary an email, right? <laughs> it stinks. This is not the kind of stuff you even wish on your worst enemy. But I'll tell you this. As I began to write, I have no idea what this year holds in store for me. But what I do know is God is faithful. He is faithful. He is who he said. Amen. He is who he said he is. And his, his word is true, and we've experienced that in the middle of a very difficult, difficult season. Finally, you guys, what would you both say to someone that is currently going through a difficult season in their life? Um, maybe somebody here, maybe somebody online right now is going through a tough time, and they needed to hear what, what you had to share today, and Beth, what we've been sharing. Yeah, I would just encourage each of you just to spend time with God. Know who your God is. And you can only do that by being in his word and just taking quiet time to hear his voice and to cry out to him and seek after him. Because when hard times come, but you know your God, it's a lot easier to trust your God with the situation you're in. Um, I would encourage you, too, just to be involved in community. I, we wouldn't have made it through this without all of you and everybody that helped us in so many ways. Um, community is so important. We live in such a great town. Castle Rock's awesome. There's plenty of opportunities to be involved and to develop community. And even here at church with journey groups. But that support system that you have when things um, get hard is, is just incredible. Um, then I would also encourage you to memorize scripture because during this time, there were many days where I just had to recall verses that I had memorized because I needed help. I needed, I was struggling. And like Isaiah 41.10 is a really good one to memorize. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That one I used a lot. <laughs> and then um, Psalm 121 was another one where because we have mountains, it says, look to the I look to the mountains, and where does my help come from? Well, my help comes from the Lord, and he's the maker of heaven and earth. And so I would just encourage you to memorize some scriptures so that you have them when you need them. 
Babe, I'm sure someone was taking notes that didn't get those. Can you write, can you say those verses oh, one more time? Sure. Not the whole thing, just okay. a reference. <laughs> Isaiah 41, 10, and then Psalm 121, 1 and 2. Um, I would say my challenge to you is to just keep your eyes on Jesus. He will give you the strength to get through what you need to get through. Surround yourself with good people, people that will bring you up, um, that will also help get your situation off of, off of you and, and really just look to be a blessing. Um, so yeah, be a blessing to others any way you can, any way. It's not hard at all. It's pretty, it's really easy. And uh, lastly would just be uh, take it one day at a time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yesterday I got a, um, a text from our family doctor, Dr. Arazi, and he was just saying, hey, I'm praying for you guys. He's walked through this whole thing with us in such an amazing way. And then he included a verse. And I want to finish with this verse because it really does in so many ways describe the year that we've what we walked through together as a family. And it's Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It's not on the screen, so just listen to me. Jesus looks at them intently and he said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Man, we have experienced that in a very real way this year. And our prayer is that somehow, as we unpack this a little bit together with you today, there's some things that you can take with you that'll help you as you head into 2019 too. And I need you to hear this. We didn't do every day perfect. <laughs> this was really, really difficult. Um, we worked hard to stay positive and to keep leaning on the Lord, but that's not an easy thing to do every day when you're facing crisis. And um, we're grateful, so grateful for so many people that have been on this journey with us and have walked with us and been an encouragement to us. You have no idea how often that text or um, phone call or a note that we got in the mail was exactly what we needed in that moment. And I don't want you to take for granted those little promptings that the Lord gives you. Don't ever hesitate to send a little encouragement. It doesn't even have to be to someone trying to rebuild their life. It can be any of us. Just think about ways that you can be a blessing. And I know that God will use that in a really big way in all of our, hand, in all of our lives. And then I would say this to all of us, and this is, this is me too. Just, this is one of the things I learned. We talk about this GFO life, prioritizing our life around God, family, and others. And what I would say is that this year, what I've learned more than anything else, and it's part of what sustained us in the difficult times, and if you're going through a difficult time, I want to challenge you with this thought. Prioritize your life well. You live for the Lord, and you make your relationship with him a priority. You work hard on your relationships with your family and your extended family now. And then you, like Josh said, you surround yourself by great people and look to be a blessing to others on the journey of life that you're on too. That's not just a good motto. That's a, that's a way of life. And it will change you if you do it. And it will be what carries you. God forbid, when you have to go through a tough time too, okay? Can you bow your heads for just a moment? Let's pray. Father, today we thank you so much for uh, just the miracle that we have in front of us today of Josh's recovery. And we do not take for granted the fact that your hand uh, is on Josh's life. I know in many ways uh, his recovery to this point has been a surprise even to some of our medical team. 
Lord, we thank you so much for our doctors and the nurses that have cared for Josh. We thank you for the countless numbers of hours that have been invested by all of these therapists that have used their talents and their skills, their education to help our son rebuild his life. And we do not take these things for granted. Oh, Lord, I thank you for our incredible family, our church family, and oh, Lord, the way that we've just been surrounded by people that love us and care about us and, and um, walked with us through the toughest year that we've ever had. We are grateful because your word is true. And Lord, today, together, Beth and Josh and I, we pray for someone that's either watching online or someone that might be here in this auditorium today that's going through a tough time. I pray that you will be their source of strength, that even in the toughest of times, Lord, you will help us to get our eyes just, just even for a few moments off our circumstance and get our heads up to look around and see how we could be a blessing to someone else around us. Will you give us a supernatural ability to, to find the winds in our day, to make sure that we're just regularly even praying for other people we know that are struggling and going through hard times too. I pray for some victories today and this week, Lord, for those that are going through some difficulties. And Father, I pray for all of us that as we process this and we think about this, Lord, I'm so grateful we didn't have to walk through this alone. And I, God, I love our church because I know this was emotional for all of us. We've all walked through this together. But I pray that we will learn some lessons as we look forward to 2019. And Lord, not with like just a hesitation of something bad coming, but just live our lives in a way that will give stability so that when tough times do come, we're ready. We love you, Father. And if there would be one person here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, we just ask in this moment you would continue to make yourself real to them. And if that's you and you're here today, I just, man, I just beg of you today, just call out to them and say, I need you in my life. I know I'm not perfect. I thank you that you care about me so much that you would send your son to come and die. And thank you that I don't have to try and power through this life alone, that I can do this because your power is at work in me. Father, I ask that you'd help each of us to learn to rely on you more and to live our lives so that you would be honored. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray together. Amen.